0: Welcome back to this episode of Murder Blows. Um, this week, I know we left you on a on a cliffhanger at the end of that last episode. You were like, "Wait, what's happening? What's going on this week?" Cody is gonna tell us all all of the details, all of the aliases, all of the names you could ever imagine are gonna be in this episode. It's a wild ride, and we highly recommend you hang out for it. Um, this week, Cody is gonna talk about Sharon Marshall. Suzanne Savakis, Tanya Hughes, and Franklin Delano Floyd. And if some of those names sound familiar, you're gonna find out why. Um, my name is Maisie, and we are here with our other beautiful co-host today: Cody, Sasha, and Violet. Woo! Hang on to your seatbelts, cause holy shikies. Get a get a pen and paper. Actually, that's probably pretty helpful. Okay.
1: somebody else, Sasha just jumped on, so this was a dream I had about you the other night, please don't be offended (laughs) I will tell you the beginning, I was listening to a podcast called Fall On and Mm. it normally has like disappearances of black children and missing black children and it had the thing about the Grady uh, babies taken from the Atlanta hospital in the 80s Mm. but the other night it had something about trans people being um, beat up throughout the South. And I think it was the night after we podcasted. So we podcasted and I was talking to you all. And then I listened to that and fell asleep. Well, sometime in the middle of the night, I had a dream that we were all together. Only Sasha, you were in cosplay and (laughs) you were trans. Like, you were a man dressed in a woman. (laughs) What a weird! I don't okay. know why my brain picked you, and I'm really sorry. That's okay. It's not be
0: in trans. Maybe you should try like a noisemaker before bed <laughs> instead of podcast. Okay. Let's get you
2: some like rainwater or something, right? <laughs> and
1: then a couple of nights later, I was listening to um the latest Criminal episode because you know Phoebe has a great is that her name? My has girl a... Phoebe with a yeah. um,
2: beautiful voice.
1: Yes. And it's relaxing, and it was about this girl who somebody was sending pornography at her to her house, like Ew. in her mail, and she was 13 at the time, and then she got another package at 15 that had more pornography in it, and then when she moved away to college, her email got hacked, and she got a bunch of porn stuff, and then no. when she married her husband, she got a giant dildo in the mail with her husband's name taped to it. Yikes! No. And she took it to the police, and they found out it was her stepdad. And what? he had been, yeah, he had been looking through her blinds, and no surprise, he was like an ultra conservative Christian, like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> church practicing guy. And so Sorry. I had a dream in the middle of the night that I was being stalked by some creep, and I was trying to like hide myself, and i was like, I've got to like, give myself a Ooh break. My for God. Me.
0: Oh my goodness! I Hate it. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. That's that's too much. No, thank you, stepdad. No
2: pressure. Um, I really can't edit this episode, so <laughs> I get on a plane in eleven hours. It's gonna be great. We'll try to hold ourselves together. I'll sounds good. Quiet. Um, how is everyone? Not Violet. I'm afraid to hear about your day. Phyllis and Violet.
3: Oh no, it's been awful. It should have been bad. I almost said I want to go home. But I'm here.
0: <laughs> um,
3: it has have been bad. I'm essentially doing a person who's been there for a 10 year job and mine. And I was hired to be an assistant and it's like just been awful. It's been really bad. Everyone calls me the Grim Reaper. um Well, fuck them. And not in like a fun way normally, but like, yeah, party. But someone actually died this week at work, so <laughs> yeah. So that's how my week is gone. <laughs>
2: yep. Yeah. Yep. Who else? <laughs> well, today was my birthday at work day. Aww. And I got a cake, and I decorated my cube, and I got a present, and they got me a headband with a unicorn on it. Um, It feels really weird telling this story. <laughs> um, But it was nice. I felt very loved, and it was great. When is your actual birthday? Friday. So it will be two days
1: past when this uh, comes out. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Because I'll forget totally won't remember
0: guys i'm sorry i was muted for a hot second um cody was like how was your day and i said it, it was kind of eventful here at the end um i can tell you the story but john really wants to tell you the story do you is that cool i'm down do you guys john. hear me i was like silence <laughs> <laughs> okay he can't hear you right now, but I was like, just leave me alone. Let me do this. He was like, let me tell the story. So we're going to get John in here. John, come here.
3: Step into my office.
0: Step into the us. podcast. Okay. Can you hear us okay?
2: Can I guess yeah. can John talk? Say something.
4: Hello.
2: Don, good, go.
4: <laughs> How do you girls talk on the channel? Like, do you talk, like, a Californian? Like, do I need wow. to have, like, an accent for this? Like, hey, what's up? Uh, what do you call your crew who listens to your podcast? We don't have a name for
0: Can you tell if he's a fan? Love that for me. What's up,
4: blowers? Is okay, that what that's you...
1: how I feel, I sound like. Okay.
4: What's, what's up, blowers? Okay. This is your favorite biatch, Johnny. Stop. Dude. Stop it. Nami.
0: Stop!
4: Stop <laughs> <Tsunami>! You <laughs> don't
0: have to Sorry,
4: Sasha. So, get this, blowers. Uh, (laughs) I was taking Maisie to work this morning, and our car is parked in what's called a matrix, where you can pull your car into this, like, garage, where you park it on a plate, Uh and uh, the plate will then get stored somewhere throughout the garage. It's like a dog. Yeah. So, when the car was called... Um, that's what it's called when you, you want to get your car, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that the car was really dirty, and there was, like, handprints, and there was a bunch of, like, foot marks on the hood. And I was like, "Mazie, I think someone was around her car. Mazie's like, no, no, just drive me to work. No, no. I'm Cartman. And mm-hmm. I then pulled the car out. And I was like, I swear, Mazie, there's a freaking handprint on the window. And I get out, and I see all these footprints on the hood. And I'm like, oh, my God, Maisie, I think someone was actually in, like, you know, fucking around on the Matrix thing, like climbing the thing. She's like, no, no. I, I'm like, like, I'm creating this, like, hypothesis of, like, I think there was. Here's what I think. And she's like, I don't know. And I drop her off at work, and I come back. and I call, I open the gate to park my car again, and I see a frickin' rotisserie chicken and potato salad. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I think someone was eating, like, a homeless guy was eating around my car and using my hood of my car as a dinner plate. (laughs) And so I sent a picture to Maisie. And I was like, I told you, like, there's a freaking chicken bone with a rotisserie chicken and freaking potato salad. So I don't want to pick it up. Was the chicken
2: in the potato salad?
4: Ah, and so they are having a feast on my car, our Was car. it
2: on your car? Was it in your car? Where was it this was chicken? On the
4: side, like where you parked the car. It was
0: on the metal plate where the car actually goes before it gets and,
2: lit. Oh, uh-huh. and your car goes on the same plate every time. Yeah.
4: Yes.
0: Interesting.
2: And, and yeah. so
4: after investigation skills, it's like I noticed like smears of chicken all over the car, and um. <laughs> Then I call our leasing office. I'm like, hey, I think someone was, like, eating a freaking chicken on my car. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, I'll report it to our leasing office. And I'm like, okay. And so after work, I went to the office and recruited them to help me pick up the chicken with, like, a trash bag. Because I'm not picking it up. With a mm-hmm. potato salad. So me and this guy are walking over there. And he's like, yeah, so I told the leasing, our leasing manager... And he told me that on Sunday night, there was an altercation with security in your matrix. And there was like an argument where it pursued where they had to call Portland PD to wrestle this home of the matrix. And I was like, well, it looked like he didn't finish his chicken because half of it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they're like, he's like, yeah, like they had to like toss him out. And I was like, God, my suspicions are right. I got to tell Maisie. She'll and so I to called Maisie, and I was like, I told you so, you should listen to me more often.
0: But so they called him the Chicken Bandit. <laughs> the freaking Chicken Bandit. That's
4: a freaking what I'm thinking, like, homeless eating,
0: guy.
2: Having a like Thanksgiving chicken. dinner
4: on top of my hood.
2: In your futuristic garage.
4: Physically, God. I had to like tell Maisie, and she finally believed me after a while, and I had to tell all the blowers out there on this podcast about my day. I washed the car, and there's scuff marks, but I, can't, the homeless guy's not going to have any money, so this (laughs) car is giving us bad luck, and blowers out there, that's essentially, you know, my Johnny Tsunami story for the day. Wow. It's two cents (laughs) of the world, and how you got to be careful of those chicken bands, or they'll damage your hood and use it as a dinner plate.
2: She's going to cut all of this out. No, this This is great. (laughs) I can't can't believe, first I had, (laughs) first I had a man in my attic pretending to be a cat, and now you legitimately have a homeless man eating on your car chicken bandit freaking
4: chicken bandit hashtag chicken bandit for the all right viewers (laughs) and blowers out there god if you have a crazy stories put your crazy story on the twitter page and put hashtag chicken bandit
2: okay Okay. not mad at what's what's our twitter johnny tsunami uh
4: murder blows at murder blows
2: sweet so proud i I thought you were gonna fail that
4: one i did too no i'm not gonna fail i know this shit all right you blowers go tell your stories okay Thank you so much for that story,
3: John. You're welcome. Just wanted to share. Okay, bye. There were a lot of uh, things I expected from that story, and I got none of them. Except for John (gasps) being right.
0: (laughs) What were you expecting? I'm so curious. Well,
3: when he said, and then I walked in and saw, I was like, oh my god. The chicken bandit. A a (laughs) sleeping man. Like, a a uh, brad pitt like literally anything but a rotisserie chicken, chicken.
2: <laughs> literally i couldn't everything. stop thinking about the scene in titanic <laughs> i was Why? like what happened on top of your car
0: oh <laughs> i don't know man my first I almost to god thought was ghost <laughs> Of course. It was like 7 a.m. though. That's the hilarious part. Also, I was going to be late for work, so he was like, Mason, look, this this is a handprint. I was like, I do not care. It's probably from when we just got it back from the shop. There's pollen. It's like fingerprint dust. Like, that's how it works. He's like, there's footprints on the hood. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Just get me to work. I don't care.
2: (laughs) At least it wasn't inside your car.
0: At least it wasn't. At least we're paranoid about locking it. Um, one more funny story and then I'll shut up for the rest of the episode. (laughs) I was walking Mari yesterday. I just got out of work and I was listening to a podcast and it was a point in the podcast where there wasn't really any talking going on. And on the street, I just hear, I'm listening to your voice drive past me or like on a bike. This person go past me and I was like what the hell what and i look over it and it's my friend michael from work Aww, who has the (laughs) blank the movie podcast which is what i was listening to when she drove by me on her bike and i so i sent her an instagram video and i was like what kind of world do we live in where i'm listening to your podcast and you're listening to mine and we pass each other on the street
2: i just thought that was so funny i love it so much it's serendipitous
0: if it, yeah, for real. Uh, shout out to Blank, the movie podcast. They cover a lot of good movies. They just went to see Hellboy, and they're going to be doing that episode soon. So, oh. Oh, there she oh. is. There she is.
3: That is all, all I want to do is freaking Hellboy. Did you know? Did you freaking know? If I can find a theater near me, I will seriously cry tears of joy. That there is a theater that is showing also uh, context. I don't care if you hated the movie, if, like, our listeners have seen it and they're like, and don't waste your money. Whatever. This movie looks like it freaking made for me. <laughs> <laughs> this special showing of this movie will spit water at you. What? In scenes where there's, like, tons of gore to emulate blood. No. Yes. I am like,
4: oh, Thank my God. you! I wish yes.
3: it was real fake blood. Like, <laughs> I want... to <laughs> Of that movie theater, looking like I was freaking holding Hellboy's arm, like leaning my head on his shoulder, and he's like, Oh my God, Violet, I love you so much. Let's go to (laughs) hell. (laughs) That is what I freaking want. And so, even if it's just like water, like a water gun, and there's like blood and it's like in my eye, and I'm like, Oh, I'm here for it. So, yeah, I'm so excited for Hellboy. And
0: yeah. Hmm. Oh, man. Um, Well, yeah. That's... You'll have to let us know how that is.
3: I will. I'll listen to your friend's opinion on it.
0: (laughs) Don't listen to it before you see it, because they talk about everything, so... Okay. Spoiler alert. Blank the movie podcast. You can listen to it everywhere. Go, now, after this episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll link it in the description.
0: Good idea. Very professional idea.
3: I had a kind of a cool realization today what's that uh, i've been listening to a podcast for over 10 years or right at 10 years
0: you've been what
3: i've been listening to a podcast for like close to 10 years if not what is it it's called bloody good horror
0: you oh know i should yeah i should have known
3: yeah i i don't know I was listening to their intro or like seeing something on their page and they are on Spotify now. So I'm super excited. Um, But uh, yeah, they were like been, or I think their first episode was like Halloween 2007. Wow. And, and I don't think I started listening in 2007, but I do, I feel like it was pretty close thereafter. I could be wrong. But like maybe a couple of years later. So like I said, if I'm not at 10 years, I'm very close. And I still love it. Like, whoa, I was listening to episodes today at work and I was like, this is so funny. Like I was cackling out loud over this episode. And I was like, man, this podcast is entertaining. I was subscribed to their Patreon, but I fell on hard times. But I've like re-listening and catching up on them now that they're on Spotify. As like insured I'm gonna resubscribe to their patreon because it's like ten bucks a month, but you get like access to their YouTube live stream, which I feel like would be really cool, and they send you all their new like t shirt designs with stickers and coasters like every time they make a new one so anyways, if you like horror movies, they're literally so funny and it's usually like four or five people, and all of them normally have different opinions, and I love
2: that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, so. I'll link them
2: too. Not that they need publicity, but hey.
0: They can always. Incredible.
2: Yeah, it, they're great.
1: you know what else is great oh never mind i was gonna switch to something depressing
3: oh i was gonna talk about um something not depressing as blank slate labs (laughs) that's very true but then we can get depressed because that's been me so yeah i'm I'm here to go back
2: (laughs) back to depression yeah let's knock ourselves up a few notches so a fall is harder
3: yeah, that's right. I love disappointment. No,
2: I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, this episode is emotional. <laughs>
3: uh, um, I knew I would be, too. I almost was just like, don't do it, Violet. You're not in the right headspace. No one is going to like you. Everything's going I to I so like you. It'll be okay. Thank you. <laughs> Blank Slay Labs, though, is something that will never uh, be depressing, especially my lips. They love the coffee lip scrub. I know that's all I talk about, but I seriously can't live without it. Um, and I know I'm sounding, like, very scripty, I feel, but I I mean it genuinely because I don't really talk about things I'm not genuine about, unless I say JK, then. <laughs> <laughs> then it's blatantly obvious. But you know what else is <laughs> very not depressing is I – oh, my God, <laughs> you can get 15% off with code murder blows <laughs> I don't know why I forgot what I was saying yeah and they just fell on some really hard times and their whole like lab flooded and I watched the video and it was really sad and I wanted to cry and I don't know if it's my period or like the fact that I am an emotional like I feel things really hard if I see people upset I get upset mm-hmm. 9 times out of 10 but it made me very sad and you should support them because they're dope and they're a big fan of the podcast and they want to go and do Ouija board sessions and also make your lips feel amazing so you can talk to those dead people through the Ouija board, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I'm off my off my pedestal.
2: Did we do Arcadium? Or yeah, just blank slate. Okay, tight. It. No, wait, we can. We do can? It
0: now.
2: Well, if everything.
0: Skin... Sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> if your skin is already as fleek as it could be, make sure you focus on your hands, hair, as well. Uh, you can get you some sweet matte Clay pomade. It's back, and uh, also fifteen percent off with Go Murder Blows there as well. Follow the Matt Arcadian official on Instagram equal
0: love for everyone. All right, let's
3: get
1: depressed. I was just going to ask if you guys read the rest of the story about the Tanger Mall shooting.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I read the it. I mean, I read that article you sent.
1: Okay, so you know who did it and everything? Yeah, I didn't
3: recognize any of the names, but thank I was you. just going to point out
1: it was a guy from Newport.
3: Oh, I know. I, I didn't laugh. Let me make that clear. I laugh now because I was like, Oh, but it wasn't a laughter. I was people from Newport can be good too. I'm not generalizing, but yeah. Wow.
1: What am I? Um, yeah. Are you guys ready for the rest of the story? I sound like Paul Harvey.
3: Maisie says yes. (laughs) Maisie's having technical difficulties for those listening to the podcast. So if I um, commentate for her, she can also commentate for herself. Because she hasn't cut out but once this whole episode for me. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm ready, but also, like, not ready. I really... I rarely ever hope for happy endings, like, ever. I love, love, what's the word? Dread? (laughs) But I'm almost, like, hoping for at least, like, a pseudo-happy ending.
1: I'm probably gonna have to disappoint you, Violet. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I don't feel like we're heading that direction.
3: Yeah, no, I don't either, but, you know, once in a while. I don't think I've (laughs) ever told a
0: case with a happy ending. (laughs) I don't think
1: so either. So okay, last
0: time on Murder Blows.
1: Well, I was finishing this up the other night, and it took me hours. And there's more kept unrolling and more kept unrolling. And I was just, oh, man, these girls. They're going to be like, all right, Cody, you're not going for two months. <laughs> um, <laughs> so last week, we did, we talked about three people. One was... Suzanne Savakis who had four children she got put in jail for 30 days after meeting this guy at a truck stop the guy was the children's stepfather after she got out of jail she went home and their house was empty and her children and husband were gone she went to the police and they wouldn't do anything because she had been in jail and he was legally their stepfather She recovered two of the children, but she was missing the oldest daughter and the youngest little boy. And then we said Suzanne or Sharon? That was Suzanne Sabakis. Whoops.
2: The first first lady. We called her Sharon all last episode, I think. No. No. The next person is Sharon.
1: Okay. Yeah, there were three people. No wonder I'm confused. (laughs) Suzanne, yeah. That's why I'm going over it again, because it's freaking confusing. Suzanne was the one that had the four children, and she met the guy at the truck stop, and he ran off with her four kids, but she recovered two of them. And then we skip to Sharon Marshall, who was living in Atlanta, Georgia, with her father, Warren Marshall, who was in his mid-40s and really dominating and creepy. And he took her out to places that were too old for her, and made her dance in front of creepy guys, and got her a breast implantation. How do you say that word implants <laughs> and then she got uh, a boob job she got a boob job, and then she was friends with Jen, and Jen was from a rich family, and kind of kept tabs on Sharon but was surprised to find out that Sharon was pregnant. And then she got a call one day from her mom that Sharon had died. And then we went to Tanya Hughes, who was, her first name was Tanya Tadlock. Tadlock was supposedly her maiden name, but her married name was Hughes. She was married to Clarence Hughes. And she worked at a nightclub and she stripped for a living and clarence was really dominating and he would wait in the parking lot for her and her friend karen noticed and really didn't like clarence and tanya met a guy and and tried sneaking off and she was going to run away with him but clarence found out and a little while later she was found dead on the side of the road and whenever She was in the hospital recovering. The police couldn't figure out who did it. They suspected Clarence, but they couldn't pin him. And we wrapped up with, it was her funeral. And Clarence showed up at the funeral in a dark gray suit with red hair dye dripping down the back of it. And he hated everybody at the funeral and said they were all sinners. And then at the end of the funeral, he placed a photo on the casket, and the photo was of a small blonde girl sitting with a man old enough to be her father. And I said that Clarence had known his wife since she was a child. Cool. Any questions?
3: No, I feel like you just gave us, last time, our murder blows. And... God, God, that's what them. I was going for. What is going to
1: happen? What's going to happen? A lot of shit okay so <clears throat> let me clear my throat here i have a headache like a really bad headache and i think it's allergies and sinuses also i woke up at seven this morning for no reason whatsoever and have been going ever since so whoa I'll try not to stumble through this yeah it's really weird um hours after tanya hughes was laid to rest clarence called to collect in on two life insurance policies totaling eighty thousand dollars but he slipped up. Clarence, Clarence's name was not Clarence Hughes, and the woman he buried was not Tanya Hughes. The name he gave to the insurance company was Franklin Delano Floyd, who was a wanted fugitive who had been running for 20 years. Franklin. Now I'm going to tell you about Franklin and a little bit of his life and how messed up his life was. Sometimes I'll call him Frank, sometimes I'll call him Floyd. Because I suck at writing notes. But Franklin Delano Floyd was born in a small town in Georgia in 1943. He was the youngest of five kids, and his father was an alcoholic who was abusive while drunk. Mostly to his mother, Della. Every time I wrote her name, I thought of Della Duck. No offense, Della. I watch a lot of DuckTales. Sorry. there <laughs> Fair. Before Franklin turned one, his father passed away. And this left Della with no choice but to find work. She had no experience. She probably didn't have much of an education. After a year of struggle, Della was asked to move out of her apartment, which was her parents' apartment, I believe. And she had to give up custody of her kids because she couldn't take care of them. Um, She chose a place called Georgia Baptist Children's Home which was not a kind place towards children. The people there were not experienced child care specialists and also relied heavily on punishment, which was thought to raise great Christian men and women. Franklin was too and up by his mother and he would endure almost two decades at the Georgia Baptist child's home, children's home. My abbreviations are lovely in my note. Uh, being the youngest, Frank didn't understand the situation and act it out. And, of course, his brothers and sisters were older, so they kind of understood that his mom didn't have, their mom didn't have the means to take care of him. But Franklin was two and a half, and he didn't understand. He tried to sneak in bed with his brother and sisters, but he would just be punished for this. During the daytime, the children had schoolwork, but they also had to do yard work. They were whipped and smacked for things like making too much noise, which is ridiculous because they're small children. And there's a lot of them. Uh, Della wanted to see her kids, and she tried. She went into the uh, home, and she tried to ask if she could visit with her kids. But since she gave up her parental rights, they denied her from visiting her children. All the children were separated by age and would never see each other. Franklin was intelligent but he was picked on for being viewed as feminine. He was beat, teased by the other boys. Franklin later recalled in life that he was sodomized by another boy with a broomstick at age six. Throughout his stay, he would get into fights, face punishment. Uh, One time he had his hand dipped in hot water after being caught masturbating, and afterwards he failed most school subjects and tried to run away. In 1959, Frank did run away. To a nearby home and stole food. The school decided to send him to live with an older sibling. Um, He had one older sibling named Dorothy who was already out of the school. And the school said that they would drop the theft charges if he went and stayed with Dorothy. So he did. But Dorothy had a military husband and two children. And her husband hated Frank, and did not want Frank's poor behavior around their kids, so he only stayed there for two weeks. After this, Frank moved in with the local judge. The judge thought he could reform Franklin, but this didn't work out and only lasted a few months. Franklin wanted to find his mother, Della, and he was able to find her in Indianapolis, Indiana. He wasn't able to stay with her very long because she was a prostitute, and of course, this messed with his head a lot. He did get Della's help in forging his legal documents. He forged his age on some of his, I guess, his birth certificate, so he could enlist in the U.S. Army. Uh, Just like the other events in his life, the Army didn't last because they found out that he faked his documents. He was there only six months. He went back to Indianapolis to find Della again, but she was gone. So he became a drifter. He hit all the major cities like New York, Los Angeles. And in 1960, at 16 years old, he broke into a Sears in Inglewood, California. He was trying to steal a gun, but was caught. But not before getting into a shootout with the officers. The officers were unscathed, but Frank was shot in the stomach. And after recovering and being placed in a youth institute, he was arrested uh, for breaking parole. He left the country to go camping. So, this guy is in the youth institute. And he's released on parole. And in 1961, he decides to go camping to Canada with one of his friends. And this breaks his parole. And so he gets arrested. Um, this is the first time he was arrested. And this was the first time he was tested by a uh, psychiatric doctor. And this was in 1962. The test had inconclusive results. And Frank returned to Georgia, where the Baptist home was located. So he's living in Georgia and working at the Atlanta airport. And while he's working at the Atlanta airport and living in Georgia, he decides to abduct a four-year-old little girl from a bowling alley. He took her... (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. I just love bowling. Okay, well, not today. Yeah, no. Not today, Violet. (sighs) He took took her to the... to ruin rad things? Okay, I'm done. Yeah, bowling alleys can be creepy. At least where I was from, they were creepy. They were like hole in the wall. That and roller skating rinks were really creepy where I was from. Oh, no way. I had Circus World, and they did like a
3: neon night, and it was like, boom,
2: boom, boom,
1: boom, and
3: all the food was overpriced, and they served beer, but I didn't get to drink beer because I was like eight, but it was so cool. Okay.
1: No, ours had like plywood walls and smelled like cigarette smoke. Woof. Yeah. It's me. Anyways, carry on. Sorry. Sorry. Um he took this little girl to the woods and sexually assaulted her. Frank was arrested and charged. He was sentenced to Reedsville State Prison for 10 to 20 years. So this is number 2, stint in prison. He tried to escape and was sent to go under more psychiatric testing again. So this is also his second time being mentally tested uh there were no results apparently but one day he was at this jail and he had an eye doctor appointment and he escaped he stole a car bought a pellet gun and robbed a bank he was captured later that day he was sentenced to 15 years at a federal reformatory in ohio so number three time in jail He tried to escape this prison two months in, but was captured and gained five more years. He was also, after that, he was transferred to a prison in Pennsylvania, and it was a federal penitentiary. He's only 20 years old, and he is originally in there for molesting a little girl. So, according to the guards and the other inmates, he's the worst of the worst. So, of course, which, I mean, I'm fine with this, he was beaten, he was raped, And he was the lowest of the low there. He threatened suicide. And for a third time was seen by another psych doctor. It doesn't say what the test results were, but after a year he was tested for a fourth time and sent to a prison in Illinois. And this is now 1965. And this time it was much of the same happenings, except he was a sex slave to one person instead of a bunch of people and he remained in this prison until 1968. He transferred back to Georgia prison and gained his GED. In Georgia State Penitentiary, he met this guy named David Dial and became tied to the Church of the New Song Movement, a prison religious revolution group. That really has nothing to do with the rest of the case. I just like throwing that in there. And I know Violet enjoys it too. True, um, true yeah She not in november of 1971 frank was pardoned from charges and was freed in 72 i have no other details about that i don't know why he was pardoned i don't know who would pardon him but maybe the prisons were crowded i don't know he was freed in 72 so from 72 to 73 frank lived in a halfway home so, apparently, he was still, like, on parole or something. Um, He lived there for a year and then was released back into society to do whatever he would like. It took Frank only one week before he was in trouble again. He attempted to kidnap a young woman at a gas station. He tried to sexually assault her, but she got away. He was arrested and served time. So, this is, what, the third time he's been in jail? Fourth, fourth time he's been in jail. Um, after being released, he contacted David Dial. Dial posted bond for Frank, and when Frank didn't arrive for his next court date, a warrant was issued. So, this lovely David guy was like, here's bond, Frank skips his bond, and for 20 years, Frank is a fugitive. Frank was a drifter, and rumors through his family... Uh, flowed. His siblings recalled seeing sightings of him. Dorothy, the sister that he stayed at for a couple weeks, said that one day Frank and their other brother, Billy, showed up to her home in uh, South Carolina in 1974. And I just want to make a note that this is close to where Sandra, the first lady that we talked about, met Brandon Williams at the truck stop. Um, police discovered that Brandon Williams was one of the many aliases of Frank Delano Floyd. Then he urged Sandra and her family to move to Texas. Do you guys remember that? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Um, and this is the Sandra that, uh, served the 30 days in jail. And the police wouldn't help her find her kids. And she recovered two of them. But little Philip and Suzanne still remain missing. And what this does is this takes Franklin and Suzanne, who are now Trenton Davis and Suzanne Davis, in Oklahoma. So in Oklahoma, this Franklin guy is now a maintenance worker under the name of Prenton Davis for a school system. So this Franklin guy that raped a little girl is working for a school system as a maintenance person. No background check, nothing. And the thing about it is, is Philip wasn't with him, the little boy. So he seemed to have completely disappeared. Out of the picture. In 1978 in Oklahoma, Frank, who's now Trenton Davis, hired a babysitter to watch Suzanne. The babysitter told police that Trent, as known as Frank, was molesting his daughter. He fled to Oklahoma City, stopped in Arizona, and then ended up in Kentucky. During this time, Trenton Davis, formerly Frank Floyd, is now Warren Marshall. Um, And, of course, in the last podcast, we talked about Sharon Marshall's story with Warren Marshall. So, poor Suzanne ended up being, let's see, yeah, Suzanne ended up being um, Sharon Marshall. Now. We have that mystery solved. We know who Sharon Marshall was, and we know who Warren Marshall was. Now we have the second mystery, which is Tanya Hughes. In 1990, Clarence Hughes called the insurance company to get life insurance money. Um, the Social Security number Clarence used was triggered. A police response was the police responded, and his Oklahoma City apartment was raided. He had left and again was on the run. DHS was concerned for Tanya's sons and Michael. Now, if you remember, um, Tanya and Clarence had a little boy with them named Michael. And when they, when he was released into foster care, uh, the foster parents that took over him said he smelled of urine and said he was abused. Well, this little boy is still in the custody of the foster parents. And... No one at the time yet is aware of Clarence's identity. They don't know who he is. And Karen, Tanya's co-worker, is she's doing anything and everything at this point. She is trying to look for the family of Tanya. She's really worried about this little boy. She knows her maiden name was Tadlock. So she found Tanya Tadlock. And she contacted their family. And their family was like, she was an infant who died two decades ago. So Karen's, like, oh, Tanya Tadlock, cute, isn't her real name. Six weeks after fleeing Oklahoma City, U.S. Marshals made the arrest of Franklin in Augusta, Georgia. He admitted admitted of all of his allies, Trenton Davis, he has some good ones in here, Dresden Morgan, Whistlebridges Floyd, Kingfish Floyd, Clarence Hughes, and Brandon Williams. And Tanya Tadlock, he said they were all names found on tombstones. He was only facing charges on the 1973 Atlanta kidnapping. This is the one that, part of the one that he bonded out of at this time. Um, And he had to prepare for prison, but he wanted um, custody of his son. He was so worried and concerned about his son Michael Hughes, and he wanted custody of him so bad. So <clears throat> he was eventually granted visitation, despite the awful shape Michael was in. He kept refusing a paternity test to prove his parental rights, but um, his case manager gave him the benefit of a doubt and a great review, and his visits continued with Michael. Uh, Frank was asked about Tanya, but his answers were vague. He did claim that Michael was born at. A Atlanta, and in 1980 and the the two tanya and him had been married in new orleans a year later and police are still clueless about tanya they still don't know that that's not her real name and they still don't know that um what happened to her frank spent four years trying to get custody of michael who was improving during this time in 1992 after accepting terms of child support payments the courts made frank take a paternity test he didn't want to And the test came back as no paternal link. Which is, thank God, because not only would that have been incest, but this creep needs to stay away from Michael. Um, He was denied visitation, custody rights were canceled, and the support payments were canceled. But Frank still insisted that he was the father. In 1993, two and a half years after Frank's... um, third or fourth stay in jail at this point his parole was graciously moved from Tulsa to Oklahoma City so somebody was like you've been a terrible person but we'll be nice to you and move your parole back to Oklahoma City where you're this little boy who you think your son is staying and you can be close to um This allowed him to continue his paternity case, and he also had a steady income because he found a job uh, working as a repairman for an apartment complex that he was also living in. So he attended all of his parole meetings, and he saw a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist thought that he was just damaged and he could be fixed, and his parole officer thought the opposite. The parole officer thought he was a terrible, terrible person. Um, and would do more horrible things. Frank took his custody bid to the Oklahoma Supreme Court, who reversed the decision to terminate his parental rights. Even though a paternity test concluded that he was not the father, the Oklahoma Supreme Court was like, well, you can see this kid anyway, even though you've kidnapped and raped a little girl. In 1994, Frank was a model employee, but by this time he messed up. It was the 4th of July, And he's living in the same apartment complexes, being a great guy and getting his visitation. And a woman named Carrie Lywood lived in the apartments. Upon returning home, Frank the repairman was in her apartment, going through her undergarments with a knife in his hand. He punched Carrie, and she was cut with a knife as they fought. Carrie's boyfriend arrived just in time, thank God, and pinned Frank down. When Frank was arrested for the crime, he stated that he was framed. Using the leftover money from the life insurance policy that he collected because they could never prove that he actually killed Tanya, um, he used it to bail himself out for $7,000. His punishment for this was a halfway home during his bond time And he could leave during the day and work as a painter. They're just so lenient to this guy. I don't, I don't get it. So now we're going to skip to the little boy, Michael Hughes. And Michael, more details about him. He was staying with the bean family and he finally began to speak. He was delayed uh, probably because of the trauma and When he began to talk, he talked about memories of being locked up in a dark place where he spent a lot of time. The Beans were terrified of Clarence, or Frank, or Brandon, or whatever you want to call him at this point. And in September of 1994, Ernest Bean discovered an abandoned campsite that had been recently used behind The Beans worried that this was Frank and had even reported seeing him driving by their home. On September 12th of 1994, Frank showed up to the Indian Meridian Elementary School wearing an old gray suit. He waited patiently and met with the principal, but when he got the principal alone, he pulled out a pistol on him and he told the principal, which his name was James Davis, that he had been grieving for four years and he had lost the will to live. He told the principal to pull Michael out of class and threatened to kill him if he didn't comply. The two walked to Michael's first grade class and called for the boy. Floyd told Jim Davis to take him to Jim's truck. Jim, still under gunpoint, and the little boy and and Frank Floyd got in Jim's pickup. Jim drove and Frank directed him where to go. One and a half miles away, they arrived in a field with camping equipment. Frank handcuffed Jim around a tree in a squatting position, and told the principal that he would call the school in 2 hours. Help did come for the principal Jim Davis in a little over 2 hours. By then Frank and Michael were gone. And this was actually on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. I I that. <laughs> Is that where you found the case? I'm just No. Saying. No, I was just listening to podcasts, but um <laughs> the part about the little boy being kidnapped, um, they had it on Unsolved Mysteries. Wow. I just remember. that part? <laughs> yeah, just that part because they were looking for the little boy at this time. And I'm not sure if they had connected the pieces yet, but um, mm. they had a picture of Michael Hughes and it showed they did the reenactment where the guy went into the school and held the gun and led the principal out to the woods and handcuffed him to the tree. And the principal told a story about how he didn't think, like, because he was handcuffed to a tree and nobody knew where he was. He had just disappeared from the school. So um, he didn't think that anybody was going to come and get him. But two hours later, the police did show up. Okay. And I think at the end of this, I have the episode of what Unsolved is it was wrote down. Um, An APB was put out... <laughs> including Frank's name and all of his aliases. Um, FBI official Fitzpatrick, I'm going to call him Fitz because I'm lazy, was also immediately on the case. He noticed that that Frank was still the main suspect in the murder investigation of his wife, Tanya Hughes. Fitz tracked down a colleague of Frank. Now, this is a little confusing, but what happened was when Frank was living in Oklahoma City with his, quote, daughter. Um, He worked at that school as a maintenance person. And he gave one of his colleagues a picture of an older man and a little girl. And the guy hung on to the photo because he just had a feeling about it. And recently, Frank had returned to Oklahoma City and asked for the photo back. And this colleague denied. I guess they said they didn't have any anymore. And they were basically triggered to call the police and say, hey, this guy, weird guy named Frank gave me this picture a long time ago. And he just showed up and asked for it back. And when the law enforcement got the photograph, they realized that it was the same photo that he had left on the casket of Tanya Hughes. So this is the point where they actually connect that tanya hughes was actually this little girl um even though i'm sure they could have figured that out sooner i don't know why it took them so long um so let's see here they still don't know exactly who tanya hughes was i guess but they knew that tanya hughes like was her daughter was frank's daughter. Um, let's see. So, <clears throat> the truck that the principal had drove them away in, um, and that Frank stole afterwards, they didn't find any clues in it. They finally found the truck a month later, but there was nothing in it. Um, and then my notes are getting really sloppy because apparently at this point I was exhausted. Um, Fritz did notice Frank pattern of cities like he was always in atlanta or oklahoma city or louisville new orleans dallas phoenix so he put out um he notified these cities with his all of his fake names and a week later in louisville kentucky a driver's license application showed up for warren marshall so he started using warren marshall an old alias in louisville kentucky um in November 10th, 1994, Frank was found. He was a used car salesman and he had three pictures in his wallet. One picture was teenage Tanya in a risque pose outside. One picture was um, the little boy Michael and he was a baby at the time and he was naked. And then another picture was an unknown. And he also had an address book on you him. He cut out on the third picture. Sorry. It was an unknown woman that they hadn't known who she was yet. And an address book. Can I just say, of
2: course, he's a fucking used car salesman. Right? That's what I thought, too. Of fucking
1: course. So, okay. (laughs) This woman, that they didn't know who this picture was, turned out to be, get this, this is creepy, she was the girl the little girl from the bowling alley that Frank abducted and raped and first went to jail for, he tracked her over the years and had her current address and telephone number and pictures. Fucking oh, Christ. Like that's why A this is so long because I can't leave any details out because little things like that are so explosively creepy. So, they're questioning him, and he's claiming that Tanya was the result of a prostitute he slept with from Indianapolis, Indiana. And um, and he's telling this, but it sounds like he's telling them the story of his mom. Because his mom was in 1974 in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she was a prostitute. So he's telling them things, and he's also, he also called Tanya a drug abuser and a whore, and her death was because of gangsters. So he's just feeding them lines at this point. However, police discovered during his escape with Michael that Frank checked into Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta. In September, which, by the way, this is the hospital during the 1980s. All of the babies went missing. So this is a great hospital at the time, by the way. So Frank checks into the Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta in September. And this is a week after he took Michael. Frank told the staff that his wife and son had died and he stayed there for eight days. After eight days, he checked himself out and he headed to Louisville, Kentucky to start over. No Michael and a used car salesman. The FBI at this point assumed the worst. They decided that they were going to tap a telephone line whenever he talked to an old friend. This friend was the only friend he had from the Baptist Children's Home where he stayed when he was a little boy. Her name was Rebecca Barr. Her and Frank had many conversations, um, but the only answer she was able to get was that Michael was definitely deceased. FBI also found throughout their many talks with Frank that Michael's real name was supposed to be Michael Hughes, but his real name was Michael Marshall, and he was born in Tampa, Florida in 1988. In court, Rebecca Barr testified that Frank buried Michael in Georgia alongside a creek. An inmate testified that Frank told him about pushing the boy off a bridge and hearing the little bastard scream. Another witness had knowledge of Frank disposing of the body in a drain pipe before the Atlantic Olympic construction, Atlanta Olympic construction. Sorry. Dorothy, his sister testified that during phone conversations, she recalled being told about Michael's final moments, which happened in a hotel room. They were taking a bath together and the little boy was in first grade. So taking a bath together at this point is a little gross. um, <laughs> Really gross. Frank asked Michael if, the, if uh, the boy loved him, and Michael said no, and he asked him again, and Michael said no, and so he got mad and drowned the boy. Apparently, before checking himself into the hospital in Grady, Atlanta, Frank saw a Dodge Shadow, and this car had been recovered. So, cadaver dogs, police had, after the car was recovered, police had cadaver dogs search the car, and they signaled on the trunk. So Frank's case revolves around getting angry and snapping and killing Michael, which we've seen him with Warren Marshall and Sharon Marshall snap and get angry at her. Um, And also as Clarence Hughes snapping and killing Tanya Hughes, even though we don't have evidence for it at this point. Um, he stole a car to dispose of the body and then checked himself into a metal home after he realized what he had done. They also, at this point, they found the principal's truck that he kidnapped Michael with before this, but they didn't find any clues in it and they sold it. Well, the guy that they sold it to lived in Kansas, and when the guy in Kansas was stripping this truck down, he found an envelope of photos in the above the gas tank it was hidden above the gas tank so he calls the police and there were pornographic photos of tanya and at this point the police are suspecting tanya to be sharon marshall and of course michael's real name is marshall um other sets of the, the pictures had girls young girls that were naked from age 10 to 12 and also another young woman this young woman was different than any other woman they had looked into she was beaten bound gagged bloodied and she was a different woman than any other woman um greg higgs testified at the trial greg higgs actually turned out to be the real father of um michael He had dated Sharon, but he never knew that Sharon was pregnant. Um, She just, of course, had disappeared one day and left and moved to Arizona. He said that he would um, take full custody of the boy, and um, he wanted to make Sharon's friend Jen the godmother of the little boy. And Jen was at the trial, and she was bawling about this because she felt so bad for the little boy. On April 10th, 1995, Frank Floyd was guilty of all charges. He was going to have to serve 52 years in prison. But, we still have a missing Michael, and we have this new photo of this beaten woman. And then we have Suzanne's brother, Philip, Suzanne, who was Sharon, who was Tanya, He, he Disappeared, too. So... A couple more pages, and we'll be done. Uh, during 1995, during the trial of Frank, bones were discovered by Tampa police along I-275, and the autopsy revealed that there were two gunshots to the skull, and the woman was aged between ages 16 and 20. She was badly beaten before death. The FBI tied the clothing and jewelry found with the body to the photos of the woman in Frank's pictures. So they matched the jewelry and the clothes and the pictures that Frank had hidden above the gas tank of this principal's truck that they missed when they searched it to the clothes found by the body by the interstate in Tampa, Florida, which was one of the places that Warren Marshall and Sharon Marshall lived. Now, they discovered... That in Tampa, Sharon worked at a club with this lady named Cheryl Ann Camesso. And she had been missing since 1989. Frank told Cheryl that he was a producer. He wanted to get Sharon into porn, which is gross because it's his daughter. Um, And this really creeped people out. But this Cheryl girl was like, oh, he can make me famous. So she hung around. Warren and and Sharon a lot and she ended up moving in with them for a little while. Um, Sharon was pregnant with her third kid at this time and she was stripping, but it turned out that people loved a pregnant woman stripping. So between Cheryl being around making money and Sharon pregnant stripping and making extra money, Warren had enough money to buy a boat. So one day he had the boat And he took Cheryl out on the boat, and he tried to have sex with her. And Cheryl, of course, refused, and he tried to beat her. Well, she was a badass, and she escaped and swam to the shore and hitchhiked home, which I'm not sure if her home at this point was with them or if she had moved on, but it just says that she hitchhiked home. Cheryl went missing a week later. She went missing around the same time that Sharon stopped working in Florida and that Warren and Sharon picked up and moved to New Orleans, Louisiana. This is where the names were changed from Warren to Clarence and from Sharon to Tanya in New Orleans. In 2002, Frank stood trial for Cheryl's murder. He was found guilty. Um finally <laughs> he exploded in the courtroom about this. He said that the FBI had framed him for Cheryl's murder.
0: He already
1: Yeah, yeah. Well this time he received the death penalty via lethal injection finally. Don't fuck up in Florida. Woohoo! No, no Florida don't play no games. <laughs> Thank God.
2: They changed the alligators. Yes, yes. <laughs> I
1: wish and, that was a real, pa- uh, real uh, punishment. I wish. <laughs> In 2014, finally, police gathered details from Floyd and tracked down Sandra. This was the original lady I first talked about, who had the four kids. One of them was Suzanne, which turned into Sharon, which turned into Tanya, and the little boy um, named Philip. They tracked down uh, her. And they used DNA, and they confirmed a link between her and Sharon and or Suzanne, Tanya, whatever one you want to call her. So they proved that that was indeed her. Frank continues to tell stories about Michael. Sometimes he says he's adopted out of the country. Sometimes he says he killed him. Um, the murder of Suzanne... Vaucus, aka Sharon Marshall aka Tanya Hughes still an open case so the murder about with Tanya Hughes like they never officially linked Warren which would have been Frank to that murder um and then Michael is also still missing it's still an open case um Floyd is now 75 supposedly he's confessed to killing Michael. Um, he said he did it. Now he's saying in 2016 that he did it on the day of his abduction that he was driving the truck and he was just really annoyed at the boy and shot him. And then, um, he pulled off to the side of the interstate and somebody remembers arguing like a man and a boy arguing alongside of the interstate. And they thought it was weird, but, uh, Frank's told so many lies at this point about Michael that nobody really knows for sure. They did go to the interstate where he said that he shot him and looked for remains. But I guess it was somewhere between Oklahoma and Texas and there were a lot of wild hogs in the area. And so they didn't think that even if he was there, anything would be left of him. Um, he's still alive. He hasn't been put to death yet. Ford has taken their time on that. And in... December of 1995 uh was the episode was the year the episode of Unsolved Mysteries played Michael's story. And I used a lot of help from Unresolved podcast. You can find more information on that podcast at unresolved.me. Any questions? Um
3: Let's kill this guy already. (laughs) Like, no offense. Uh, If you don't believe in the death penalty, that is great for you. You are probably a better person than me. But, uh... (laughs) Yeah.
2: No. There just isn't... No. What is this
1: bullshit? Isn't it crazy, though? Like, he went around in our system and they were just like, oh, well... We'll transfer your parole here, or we'll release you there. And, I mean, he just changed his identity. He used dead people's names off of graves for everybody, and he was able to become a janitor at a school and be around little kids after he abducted a girl and raped her to a bowling alley. Absolutely insane.
2: Oh, I hate it.
1: And his poor, like, that little girl was basically taken from her mom as a young woman, young girl, and then was raised in this strict environment, and then he ended up marrying her because he could fake everything. Like, that's awful for that little girl. Ugh. But at least Michael wasn't his. At least she didn't, as far as we know, have a sexual relationship with her dad that we can prove. At least the babies that she was pregnant with were from other men. I think she gave the other two up for adoption. I couldn't ever find anything. I saw that she was pregnant three times, but I couldn't find anything. I think the first one she definitely gave up for adoption, and then the third one, I'm not sure. about.
2: I just... (sighs) You know, like, when you got the thing in your throat and you just want to be, like, it's coughing, but you'll cough too hard, you gag and throw up?
1: Yeah. yeah. That.
2: That is what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had to share it because it was so aggravating. I mean, it's a good story. Like, when I was listening to the podcast, I was like, ooh, this, this is keeping me on the edge of my seat you know but at the whole time you're hoping for a good outcome and then I realized that I was listening to the unresolved podcast <laughs> <No
2: way>.
1: isn't <laughs> one um but yeah absolutely crazy Woof. I'll give I'll
0: give a, a
3: wolf for Maisie who is still having technical difficulties? She sent me a video.
1: I'm sorry that you're having technical difficulties, Maisie. I don't know if you can hear me or not, but I know how it feels because I'm always the one with technical difficulties and I'll probably be at my house next week. So, she said, I'm upset.
0: I don't know if you guys can hear me, but every everybody's like words were like smashed together and i just didn't respond during the story because i never knew if i was ever talking over anyone <laughs> no we will switch back to the other stuff well we could keep trying this i think my computer is going to die now i know i keep saying that but i well, we can switch back until you get
1: a new computer you know i don't want to be the thing that holds us back you i don't know if this will work at my house I haven't tried it there yet.
0: We'll figure something out. It's going to be great. But, wow, I'm so upset at the story. I can't wait to listen back so I really know what's going on. Right?
1: Right? Uh oh, I hate it. But good job. Thanks. Does anybody have any advice this week that can bring us out of this dumpster fire? No. Take Get a shower. On a
2: plane, fly to China. Why China? Because that's where I'm going tomorrow. What the fuck? Okay,
0: Have <laughs> fun.
2: <laughs> that's, I mean, literally, I'm like, well, at least I can leave this nonsense here <laughs> and pretend like it doesn't
0: exist in another country. Jesus Christ. Good for you, though. Thanks. It's out of jealousy. My profanity is out of jealousy.
2: Man, I saw a Hawaii, or Portland to Hawaii the other day, and I was like, I should send that to her.
0: Oh I just bought furniture I won't take
2: (laughs) (laughs) Being an adult is hard I think that's Maisie's advice
0: Yeah Just surround yourself with stuff that makes you happy Whether that's a couch that doesn't collect dog hair Or you want to go to China Do Do what you want Yeah Do what you want
2: Um uh, Any other advice? Yeah, get life
1: insurance.
0: (laughs) But don't tell anybody you got it. (laughs) I was going to say, make sure you involve your partner so they don't think you're trying to kill them.
1: I haven't officially got it yet. I was just asking questions about it today. Because I'm getting older and I have a child. So I feel like I should be responsible.
2: Never a bad idea. Very responsible of you.
0: Um, I just want to make sure we gave a proper shout out to Arcadian Grooming and Blank Slate Labs. They make really great products that you can really pronounce what's in their shit. And it's really great. I use it every day. My partner uses it every day. Um, you can use the, uh, promo code MurderBlows for both sites, ArcadianGrooming.com or BlankSlateLabs.com, and it gets you 15% off. Um, right now, Arcadian is having free shipping on domestic orders, so, hello, what are we even doing? They make, um, like, in conditioning cream that I use on my face every night, which is actually meant for a beard, but if you put it where your beard would be, I guess it's okay, because it's working it good for me so far. Works. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a hair pomade, um, which I'm kind of trying to, I'm trying to get into using it but I'm really nervous because my hair is like long pomade like you wouldn't normally use pomade along the hair but so far I've had pretty good success I get my hands wet and I get a little product and just use it really kind of for my so I don't get all crazy and uh I use a comb like a fat tooth comb and just kind of comb it out and it works pretty well especially because it's like still kind of staticky outside up here yeah I like it Ten out of ten. Recommend. Go check them out at Arcadian Grooming. Um, on all social media and Blank Slate Labs on all social media. Tell them we said hello. That's it. I'm done
2: forever. You killed it, and I've never heard anyone talk that fast,
0: besides myself. You don't watch James Charles, do you?
2: Oh my god. I'm just kidding. I- didn't notice until Jeremiah was like, I don't like watching this, A, because it's makeup, and B, because he talks so fast.
0: I'm stressed out. I don't watch it either. Really? <laughs> Thank you for that Snapchat, Bailey. I feel very validated. She just said, what even? Macy's laptop? Because I said, skipping around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That's it for me. Type.
2: Peace. Uh, Violet, uh, advice. Yeah. I'm gonna pass. (laughs) I'll do one for you based on one of your tweets. I just, I'm laughing that I went to college for like six years to do an office job and then you get an office job and you're like, it's sucking my soul out. Um, so listen to podcasts to numb your pain is violence. I don't even remember that tweet. It was about bloody good horror. (laughs) Oh, okay. And then, now I do. Something about a soul-sucking office job. Yeah, I mean, man,
3: I just was not prepared to do the job that I'm in right now. Not office job, like, I mean, I... I was fine with, like, paperwork and, like, assisting and phone calls and safety meetings and minutes. But, like, uh, taking people to the hospital and uh, just, like, listening to people, like, fake be sick or fake get hurt, and then these poor people that actually do get hurt and they're like, no, it's okay. I'm fine. It's just... Uh, Um,
2: That's right Boris That's right Cuddle your kitty and numb your pain with podcasts
1: Yeah Look I have my dream job And people are like hey can you make me a rug What (laughs) No joke Make rugs I love my job But people are like hey Can you make me a rug And it makes me want to pull my hair out Even though I love my job Oh, so I feel your pain, I oh, did. and then the i r s changed my address for no reason, so I have <laughs> to call choice. them and argue with them and change it back. Oh, I love the i r
2: s oh yeah they're they're swell. I realized I submitted my tax returns with a placeholder in it, so like i I knew the numbers, but I didn't have like the name of the company for one of the things we do. And I put placeholder company name, placeholder address, 123 Internet Street. And I, they took it. (laughs) So, hope I don't get audited.
1: I hope you're not like, I hope they don't think you're trying to commit fraud or something.
2: I mean, I got my money back. It's fine. I just. At least you didn't owe them money. That probably would have red
1: flagged it. Probably.
2: But now I have to submit an amendment. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> anyway, I hope you had fun for your taxes. And thanks so much for listening to Murder Blues. And I'm going to go drink wine to feel better about this case now. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs>